gentlemen, it's that time again. It is time for Humor and Mistakes with me, McNeil. Each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mistakes, missteps, and miss I am messing the whole intro up. But we're here with Nani Shaminsky. There you go. There you <laughs> she, go. Is, <laughs> she is a writer, producer, and actor, and she does stand-up comedy now. Welcome. Are you happy to be here? Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I, you made me mess up my whole intro. Like, <laughs> th- this is the seventh or eighth week I've had it down perfect, and now I messed up my streak. What is it? My smile? Uh, maybe. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I am just out of it today, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, welcome. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. How was your day today? And then just get into who you are. Um, my day was amazing. I just stayed in bed all day and uh, just hung out on Reddit. That's <laughs> basically it. it. Is, is that like a good day for you? Oh, it's an amazing day for me. I have uh, I am on so many subreddits. It takes a lot of time for me to catch up with all of them. So I had time today to really look at all of them. Are you in like the dark, dark part of the web? No, I'm not on 4chan. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. What do you what do you like to read on the web? Um, I like to go on uh, relationships. Like it's the subreddit where people go to uh, ask about their relationship problems, and I'm just so nosy. So <laughs> it really just gives me in- insight into what's happening in other people's lives. It's like why I also like reality TV. Do you like <laughs> Google questions, or do you you just like look up people's drama? I just go on like top of the day. And, like, I look at the ones that are, like, the highest rated because those tend to be the most dramatic. You you like drama. I do. I, like, not in my own (laughs) life. Like, I don't go out of my way to start drama. But, like, if other people are having drama, like, I will tune into it. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, yeah. I'll stop and get some popcorn. That's what I tell people. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I I used to like the, um, what is it, on Craigslist, the mist. Oh, misconnections. Misconnections, because some of them are really creepy. They they really are. (laughs) They'll be like, um, "I go to Starbucks every day and just watch you," and I'm like, "Uh, "That's not how it works, bro." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, see on the subway, strawberry blonde with perky double D's. Like, sir, no, No, (laughs) this is not back page. (laughs) That's not how you talk to people. Right. That's not how it works. Sound like a stalker. I would be, like, terrified if anyone ever put me up on, like, misconnections. Really? Yeah, no, that wouldn't be fun. Someone put me, someone put my Tinder profile maybe, like, a year and a half ago up on the subreddit for Tinder. Like, I, yeah. There's a subreddit for Tinder? uh, Yeah, there's a subreddit for everything. How do I not know that? (laughs) I am a Tinder professional. Really? Yeah, I... Brian made me uninstall it recently. I saw. I saw on your Instagram. It hurt. Why did you have to uninstall uh, your Tinder? Anything that you use too much of can become an addiction. Oh, And, um, yeah, I needed to get rid of Tinder. So what does a Tinder addiction look like? It's when when you haven't swiped right in, like, 30 minutes and your thumb starts twitching. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw recently that they made this um, machine that will swipe right for you, like, automatically. It'll just, like, keep going and, like, swiping right, which I think, you know, something that you might <laughs> you <laughs> might like to do. But you don't seem like the swipe right on everybody type of guy. Am I, am I wrong? <laughs> um, I am. So I, I used to have an app that would swipe right for me. Oh, I'm, my God. No, no, because that's I'm really the, sad. <laughs> no, because I'm the person that's like, I'll, I'll check it out later. Like, so after everything matches up, I will go through and see who I actually want to talk to. Oh, my God. That, isn't that, like, more time and mental energy than, like, if you just only swiped right on the people you wanted to swipe right on in the first place? Well, well no, because now you're dealing with a sub set you're dealing with the sample side so you're just like these are the women that would be interested in me and like let's just go from there if if they're not my type if we have completely different views then you know what like maybe i can put it aside (laughs) (laughs) nothing hurts more than investing a lot of time into someone and swiping right and they not swipe right on you that's not investing that much time (laughs) it's like 30 seconds max to like look at someone's photos and like read their profile two paragraphs is a lot to read about somebody oh my goodness um oh did i so uh side note i once had the greatest prank played on me via craigslist what yeah uh me and my boys we used to do a prank wars right hold on does this end in murder no it does not end in murder it does not (laughs) 
Uh, so I didn't know it at the time, but I found out a year ago. Because sometimes I still get calls, but someone posted up that I was a DJ and gave like my <laughs> <laughs> and posted like all my information and like put it on a bunch of different websites. Throughout college, I would constantly get requests for me to DJ because oh yeah. That's also, like, really sad for the people who are, like, trying to hire a DJ. Like, why would you hire someone without knowing their portfolio? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> we just need you to DJ literally anything. Oh, somebody well, <laughs> was stressed. They were like, we need you. We just looked you up. Like, we, we need someone. I mean, I, was, I almost oh was like, goodness. I mean, this is a quick $200. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I totally would have misused that. Yeah. Show up, like, with an iPhone, like, on shuffle. <laughs> Y'all should have done y'all's due diligence. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Try to play, like, kids bop. Ruin somebody's <laughs> wedding. Oh, Oh, of course. <laughs> so who are you? Who is Nani? Wow. I, I got yes. it right. Yeah. Oh, okay. look at me. My name is spelled N-O-N-I, so people always mess it up. You did You did my little bio for me. I'm a writer, producer, actor, and I do stand-up comedy. I, I'm not going to go out and call myself a comedian yet. I feel like you have to have, like, a resume for that. Nah, you can own it. You, no. you a comedian. You got to believe it first. I know. I think I'm funny. Like I will say that, but comedian that that's uh let's give my let's give me a couple months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what got you into who you are? Like, cause you're a very creative person. I am. You produce videos. I've seen them. Good videos. You have seen them. Yeah. What did you see? I saw the one where y'all was on the steps, and it, y'all were it was you and a bunch of girls, and y'all were talking about. Oh. Yeah. It was the promo video for uh, We the Ladies, yeah. uh, all lady uh, open mic put on by uh, people on campus. Um, and I didn't produce that; I just wrote it. Okay, I wrote it and I acted in it. Okay, and yeah. then you had the one. Oh, what was it? It was like your not graduation video, but it was like some video that you had worked on for a long time with oh, someone. Uh, the final project. Yeah, uh, final project. Yeah, I do my homework. Okay, so the alien like out in space. Yeah, and, it was yeah. it was very well done. Thank you. Like one of those where I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know Nani could do that. <laughs> I did, I, you know. <laughs> like no disrespect, I was like, because you yeah. know, like people like do videos and yeah. they're like not trash, but they're like. They're not, yeah. Or it's like someone's like, I'm a graphic designer. And it's like, you use Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, like, like, stop lying. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Right, yeah. Gotta get her on the team. Um, so, but I've always been a creative person. Um, mostly, like, when I was younger, it was acting. Um, you know, I did all of the theater shows. I was a drama nerd up until, like, high school. Okay. And then um, in high school, oh, my goodness, we had, like, this, we had so much drama, like in the drama department, basically. Well, you had drama in the drama in the, department? Yeah, in the drama. Oh, yeah. The drama what? department's full of drama, always. Like, who got which role? Did they deserve to get that role? Can this person sing? Like, can they dance? Um, and so I wasn't in the drama elective. Um, because my two electives in high school, I was a complete nerd, where French and Spanish. So I couldn't get any of, like, the, you know, the good roles because, like, you could only get those good roles if you were in drama class. And so I started doing um, speech and debate, the speech side that no one ever really knows, like, what that means. Um, And so most of what I did, it was um, humorous interpretation. So it will be 10 minutes long, and you're basically... Um, acting out a story all by yourself in 10 minutes and because I would do you could do um, I did comedy basically and so to do to do well in that you can do like uh, a whole bunch of different voices and so I started doing voices to like um, you know make it like funnier and you know I went to states you're and a I, voice also you're a voicer uh, I haven't done it in a while but, but I would love to get voices. back to it I can't oh beef already what do you mean? I can't do, you can't voices. do voices. I can't. Can you do a British accent? I, I cannot. I've worked on it. I'm trying to work on. Uh, I've been watching Sons of Anarchy, okay. and they have a lot of. Uh, they have a lot of. Uh, what is um, not Italian? Uh, they have a lot of. Uh, no, nah, I'm gonna say Lucky Charms. I'm gonna say Lucky Charms because I can't even think of the. Can't think of the name right now. Uh, Italian. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did Lucky Charms have to do with uh, Italian? Not Italian. I can't <laughs> think of it right now. I don't know why I'm drawing yeah. a blank. But Conor McGregor, um, yeah, uh, top of the morning to you. Oh, are you talking about Irish? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, I feel like we just played charades. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I drew a blank once again. Oh, my goodness. 
happens. This Saturday is not my Saturday. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but I just, I can't. Say it, say it top of the morning to you again. Uh, top of the morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're like 25% of the way there. I can hit it every now and then, like, um. A lot of, no, no, it's, it's bad. <laughs> but I own it when I try to do it on stage. Right. I own it. That's all, that's like 90% of what it is. Just uh, just saying this is what I have and, and I'm going to work with it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Russian's my best. Oh, oh, you know I have to hear something in Russian now. Vladimir. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a troll. That's a gremlin voice. <laughs> I just go so deep that you can't hear what I'm saying. Bring me to. <laughs> it's bad. I can't do. It. I can't do That's it. That's like over. a test level uh, minion, basically, like the evil minion. But that's like the the one that didn't get through round two. If he dies, he dies. That's a that's a Rocky Four reference for you people. Oh my gosh, you've always been creative. Yeah, um, and so you know, I did speech and debate in high school, um, and like came to college and I had a completely different major at first. I was like, you know, I'm not going to do drama because like only the best of the best people are like, I want to go to college and like major in drama. So I was like, you know, I'm not at that level. So, you know, and also my lifelong kind of goal was like to do like international relations. So I started off with like a global studies major and then I took a screenwriting class and immediately I was like to my parents, I'm like, let me waste your money with my degree. (laughs) Especially for someone like you, it's not a waste because you get stuff done. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it is a big difference of like, you know, if you get, you know, a communications degree or uh, your minor is like screenwriting, but you're not like doing anything with it. Like the big thing is like you have to build your resume like outside of school And, and getting things done. Because I think that's what separates a lot of creatives. Because I think, like, you're so heady and you're so, like, imaginative. But at some point, you got to lock down and get the business exactly. side of it and get stuff done. Yeah. Being yeah. a successful creative is not just about talent. It's about hard work and talent. Exactly. And, like, rarely do people have, like, both. Yeah. We even work together. And I don't even get stuff done on your level. You're going to get something done. I was like, eh, you know, like, I'll get it something done some Saturdays. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you get stuff done. I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I came to college and it was kind of I was kind of all over the place like creatively. So at first I was like I just want to write and then I was like no, kind of like the power and the money and the control is like in producing. And so um I produced a film last semester. So you're a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a control freak. Um and then, you know, like I'd kind of decided like against acting for a while because also like acting for camera if you want to do that professionally like it's so it's a lot of work and you always have to be on in terms of like your image and I'm just like I don't know my weight's been like yo-yo like my whole adult life I don't I'm not always like like my face is beat like my hair is done like I that's so much work like so I had kind of had that mentality about acting for camera um for a while and then um I got asked by one of my friends to audition for their theater troupe and so you know I did and it kind of like reminded me of my love for acting and so um that's definitely something that I'm gonna pursue from now on Okay. Yeah. So you're going to always be on now, like. Oh yeah. Always. No, no, you can't go. You can't go to Kroger in sweatpants now. Exactly. I'm not showing up here with uh, no makeup on <laughs> and my hair done. <laughs> in the uh, what? What's that? The starter cap. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, Adidas hat. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. How How have you felt like you You've grown so far lately. Lately. Yeah. Um. I guess one of my like endeavors more so of late has been uh stand-up i took a class like at uh dsi maybe like a year and a half ago but i kind of just fell off the map it it just didn't really like fit into like what i wanted to do um so i just didn't do comedy for like a year and a half but these past six months i've really been like kicking off kicking up on it um you started this show which is ambitious (laughs) yeah i mean it's like a campus show so it's a little bit easier um, to figure out how to do it um, versus, you know, if it was like a large scale thing, like a weekly uh, mic or whatever. 
But um, so my organization is Creatives of Color. So we're trying to carve out spaces uh, at UNC Chapel Hill for people of color with creative passions. And um, some place that I, I noticed that we were really lacking in diversity and inclusion was in the comedy scene. Um, like there's uh, like two big uh, variety comedy troupes. Then there is like one comedy group that just focuses on stand up. And then recently, um, there was like a ladies show that I now am on the board for, and I was in last semester. But so there was like all these groups, but like they were all so white. They're all so white, and there just wasn't a lot of space for like people of color to be funny. And so, um, so we started Comedy in Color, and it was uh, it really the only way that it really succeeded was through word of mouth. That was like 90% of, of what it was. And so it was just, you know, me telling my friends like, hey, you're funny, like you should write something. And it, it came down to us having like a stand-up workshop for people like who weren't super comfortable like, doing stand-up so they could kind of ask some questions and figure out like which directions to go because a lot of the reason why people of color aren't pursuing these things, one, they don't see themselves in the scene here. And two, like, they just have no idea, like, they don't have the resources as to, like, how to, you know, even do, like, the basic, like, joke writing or, you know, learn how to write tags. Like, they don't know any of that. Well, and I also think there's different types of humor. And so when you don't have people that relate to you to do jokes in front of, uh, I think it's tougher. Uh, be just, just because there are certain things that... Uh, a white audience may not get. Do you say that again? A white audience may not get. <laughs> Do you always say it like that? What? Well, how am I supposed to say it? White? You can't say the word white. Or, or is <laughs> no, you say white. White. <laughs> you got to hit that W. Oh, goodness. Whip it's whipped cream. <laughs> no, please tell me that's how you say whipped cream. Whipped cream. No. <laughs> Whip. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Where are you from? Um, I'm from Northern Virginia. Okay. That doesn't explain anything. <laughs> <laughs> that means that I'm a D.C. liberal. Okay. So I didn't. I had no idea people from Virginia had Southern accents until, like, I was late in high school, like, making a pit stop down in, like, Southern Virginia. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was so weirded out. Yeah. I've made uh, jokes in front of white crowds and... Uh, like I did one about uh, the Bloods and Crips, and I like made a, um, I made I was like, oh, I do this joke where I, I try to initiate a gang, and then I, <laughs> <laughs> and I realized it wasn't for me, and oh I was God. like, and I was like telling the blood like the dude in charge like, oh nah, dude, I'm not affiliated. Like this, this is wait a minute, this is Burgundy, this is not real. <laughs> And and I did it in front of a black crowd. They loved it. Yeah. White crowd like burgundy. Like what, what's what's that mean? Like yeah, <laughs> that's been one of like the struggles for me. Like doing comedy is like figuring out like what jokes to tell in front of white audiences and black audiences. Yeah. Like if you saw my material, like any of those two days, you wouldn't think that it was like written by the same person, <laughs> like at all. But I love I love black crowds. They're so much fun. And um, they're honest though. They're yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like you. You got about the stage. <laughs> um, no, but it, and it made everybody more comfortable who was doing the comedy and color show that they were, you know, telling jokes like in front of people who like got it. Yeah. Like they might not be the same ethnicity, but it's like you kind of understand like the same struggles. So, you know, I think every comic like told a race joke like to their respective race. Like we had, you know, East Asian people, we had South Asian people, um, like a Latina, like like a lot of black people <laughs> um but you know that meant like a lot of diversity and variety like in the jokes and you already knew it was going to be in front of at least a liberal enough audience to the point where they're gonna like what you're doing yeah. in terms of like telling them about experiences they're unfamiliar with because like i mean there that's a huge difference in like white crowds too like if i go into like durham you know and i go in to like a brewery or something there like i know i can tell like oh like white liberal jokes basically because yeah. they're gonna get it they're gonna love it versus like if you're out in like i don't know like bumfuck iowa <laughs> <laughs> i just made a face um that's supposed to say that um then you know you're gonna get very different kinds of white people fair enough
I always find like when I'm in front, I'm the black person that's representing all black people for a white group. Yeah, yeah. I always hate like when I fulfill a negative stereotype about being black. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm all like I'm always late. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more, Mikhail. What other what other black stereotypes are you? Uh, well, I'm always late. I'm always loud. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I try to t- like I tone it down because I'm like I can't. I can't like represent that. Right. Uh, my my freshman year of college, this uh, I was cool with this white girl. One day she pulled me aside because we were on the same hall. And she's like, "Why why are all black people out?" And I was like, "Whoa, hold up now!" <laughs> like, and I was like, oh "Explain God. yourself." And then she was like, uh, "She's like, I've never been around black people before." And she's like, "The three of y'all who are on the hall and all the ones that are in the dorm are the loudest people in there." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> like you're not wrong." Oh my god! We oh we were loud. <laughs> we were really loud. <laughs> Um, I once had a friend um, and, you know, I mostly I mostly date black and she came up to me and she was like, Nani, do all the black men have big dicks? <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, Why? One, how do you expect me to have like a decent enough sample size to like tell she, you that? Hey, maybe she was telling you something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, I was like, not particular like i also cannot compare it to enough white men <laughs> either um who do you think i am i know exactly um but she was like i was like why are you asking me this and she was like well i hooked up with this like black dude and like it just hurts so much so much bigger than anyone i've ever been with and it's like well now you're just stereotyping <laughs> based on this one guy yeah, she, she, like, she's asking you a question like i <laughs> If people explain themselves, I don't get mad about questions like that. Like, I'm like, okay, you've experienced only one black dude. You're asking me the question. Find out. <laughs> Find out with me, maybe. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you hear that, everyone? McNeil is asking for dates on the radio. This is what happens when you delete Tinder. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm three weeks out, so I think I'm pretty good. You have, like, a calendar on your wall. Like you're marking your dates of sobriety. Hey, it's how you recover, you know? Yeah, I'm one no day bumble. at a time. Yeah. That's how you have to take anything in life. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this show is about mistakes. And uh, I look at you, I'm like, you've never made a mistake. I look <laughs> at you, and that's what you say to me. <laughs> but I know that isn't true. So tell me, what's a mistake that you made in life that at the time you thought was a big deal, but you're here now, and everything's all right. Yeah. I guess my big overarching mistake in life has been my perfectionism. What do you mean? For sure. What do you mean? Are you talking to me about, like, how what it was like working with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, but no, that was good, because me and Bra were not on our, uh, we were not on our shit. Then. Yeah. We- um, no, I just, I... I feel as if, like, for not just for, like, myself, like, that's a big part of it, and for, like, others, like, I need to, like, always be on, like, every single thing that I'm doing, and so that's just put, like, a lot of, like, undue pressure on me and a lot of, like, anxiety on me, like, throughout my life um, because, like, I I beat myself up probably, like, more so than a lot of other people, right, too. Mentally or physically? Up. Like, are you punching yourself oh, in the face? I'm are not. You, <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> you pulling a fight club on me? or No, just mentally, like, a lot. Like, I just, I feel like, you know, an absolute, like, failure or something, even if I just, like, mess up a little bit. So. You, you were in college. Like, you, you're, you're doing your thing. I know. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I... One of my downfalls is for a long time, I really felt as if I needed to stick to like, you know, society's timeline for like success, basically, where it's like, oh, you graduate college at 22, like you're in a, you know, good paying career by like 25, you're like married by like 27, you have a baby by 30, you buy a house by 35, like thinking about all that stuff is so stressful. Yeah. So whenever I felt like, you know, I have it and mine, like, to be honest, is like a little bit like ahead of things just because like I want success at such a young age to the point where like I'm not being kind enough to myself to being like you know work and just like let whatever happen happen like um so it's just been like really difficult why do you think that happened what do you mean like why do you think you became that way was it were you a perfectionist as a kid did you just grow up did you watch superheroes and saw that they always got the day saved at the end of the episode? Like, what happened? Honestly, like, I think I'm a product of, like, the terrible thing that a lot of people do to kids where it's just like, you know what? Like, you're really, like, smart. You know, like, you're, you're like, a genius. Like, you don't have to, like, work for it and all that stuff. And then, like, obviously, like, that really screws kids up because they don't associate, like, 
success with hard work. Like they associate success as like something that they just should naturally be able to do. And so like I found that, you know, whenever I was not, you know, just naturally able to do something that it was like my fault and that I should be able to do better. So so <laughs> if you wouldn't have played basketball today and you couldn't dunk, you're like, you'd be like, I should be able to do <laughs> this should come easy to me. No, yeah. basketball. I've never been like that athletic. OK, so, you know, okay. I know my strengths and weaknesses. Like, you know, I have to take like science and math right now just for like gen eds. And like, I know that those classes are not my forte. So I've never like beat myself up over like since I've been in college, like a C like on a calc test or, you know, a B on like a poly stats like uh, quiz or whatever. But if it's something like creative, I just feel like, you know, I should be able just to like get this right away, you know. <laughs> Tell them they don't know your art. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. You don't know what funny is. You don't know what creative is. <laughs> yeah, I'll just tell people that they don't know what an objective creative uh, exactly. passion is. That's just, that's, you just got to throw it back in their faces. Exactly. <laughs> So what do you do to to negate that like perfectionism? How how have you grown past that or are you working on it? It's something I'm working on. I wouldn't <laughs> say, you know, I'm 100% all the way there, but just like reminding myself that like it's, you know, one step at a time. Like I can sit back and like look at the, the big picture of like where I want to be and like how I want things to be like, you know, 5 years down the road, 10 years down the road, but the main thing I have to focus on is like just today in how what I can do today or this week or this month to like put myself closer to those goals and like you know any amount of time that I I do work on those things is a step in the right direction because you know sometimes I, I don't always feel like writing a joke I don't you know always feel like working on that script but like if I just even like look at the page or like consider something like you know that's a step do you have a five-year plan um kind of kind of does it work I mean, does it work? Well, well. For example, like you hear a lot of people talk, and I, I know you probably follow like a lot of successful people or listen to what they say. They're like a lot of your like big plans. They they focus on the day to day, and mm -hmm. their like five year plan is always changing, or yeah. they couldn't have foreseen what they achieved. Yeah, like so, I I know mine is like gonna change. It's not super like strict, but yeah. I just have like a general idea of what direction I want to go in. Um, and like what I can do like for now to put myself like closer to those goals. So what are your goals? Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like weird like talking about it because I feel like the the more I like say it to people, like the more I'm gonna like jinx myself. Re really? A little bit. A you little you bit. into like witchcraft slash like you you worried about <laughs> jinxing? You don't step on cracks. You I step on I step on cracks. Okay, you avoid um, black cats. Don't walk under ladders. You know what? I take it a step ahead of that. I avoid all black people. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like getting antsy sitting in the room with you. Uh, fair right enough. Now, fair enough. <laughs> nah, I uh, I I get superstitious about some things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like breaking mirrors. Like. <laughs> How often do you break mirrors? <laughs> <laughs> well, I look in them and they just break. <laughs> um. No, but I would love to get into online video um, and not just like producing it, but also like hosting it wherever I can. Um, like I, I watch a lot of like clickbait and uh, my dream is to be part of that clickbait. I feel like you'd be like a good Kev on stage type. Oh, my goodness. Like where you just something happens and you have the screen beside you and you just comment on it because you have comments. You have a lot of good commentary on what happens in society. Yeah, but like I don't I'm not like I that's a lot of like pressure to be like funny in a very short period of time. Like something happens and immediately like you have to comment on it. Like I don't have the type of timeline. <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes I take slower to write right. and like I just think Kevin on stage is like very like a naturally funny person like in conversation like you would just be bowling over you'd be like that's i never thought about that but like that's really clever like i take time i'm a writer okay <laughs> yeah you need to think about it i need it. to think about it i need to think about it but you know like obviously like i write sketches so okay. you know i would like that to be part of like something that i do and you know even bring them maybe to like instagram <laughs> in a shorter periods of time do it yeah. do it i don't know the people that turn around stuff so quickly I'm always like, how do they do that? Because for me, if I don't have someone review what I say, 
then I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> what are you What are you gonna get in trouble for? <laughs> Say something too far. I haven't like. I have to make sure I weave it correctly. You need guidelines. I need guidelines. You need a, a manager. I do. I do. <laughs> hey, you probably shouldn't make that joke. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, have you gotten in trouble for making like jokes before, like on stage? Ah, uh, I have. Uh, <laughs> I have. So uh, me and this dude were riffing at a comedy festival. And um, we were just like, oh, we're just going to go up there and riff. And so then I did an abortion joke, followed by I didn't know my dad joke, followed by <laughs> deadbeat dad jokes, followed by a divorce joke. Oh, my God. You got to space those out. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do them all at once. <laughs> I was just riffing. Oh, my God. Because um, I was taught, like, at family shows, try to stay away from divorce jokes. Yeah. Because there's probably a couple in the crowd that is fighting. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, like if you like you have like a family family show, like a family friendly show. Yeah. They're like stay away from like divorce jokes during family friendly shows because there's probably a couple there that are there just for the kids and they're fighting and you know. Oh yeah, so, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and you just sparked it. This was a family show. And I forget. So you did a, abortion, Debbie dad jokes, and divorce jokes. That's all family. family? That's all family. <laughs> 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 oh that's family oh or the, the uh the aborted fetus would have been family like that all <laughs> <laughs> that all to me follow falls under family that's bad it used to now i know that that is not family <laughs> friendly <laughs> we had we had a um abortion debates in high school like in my debate class so i figured that was fair game what that's like high school and that's like that's like talking about it properly <laughs> like not like making a joke no, about it no we didn't talk about it properly i grew up in the hood like <laughs> the debate class almost turned into a fight several times and i was like this this is not how debate works like i should be able to state my opinion without you threatening me to see me after class dude <laughs> yo Manu, i heard you disagree with me bro <laughs> I will see you after class, dog. <laughs> you ain't going to sit here and disagree with me. This, this is a debate. <laughs> so in those days, you'd like bring a spoon and like shovel your way oh. out of school back yeah. to your house. You had to be careful. Like you could not agree, disagree with certain people in a debate class. <laughs> <laughs> so you would just like stand up there and would be like, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, where, 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 where's Tyrese fall on this issue? <laughs> <laughs> the opposite opinion. You right. You yeah, right. You're right, you're right. No. <laughs> I don't even know what we argued before. <laughs> oh yeah, like I mean, my mom's gay, but like if you if you against gay marriage, I gotta be against it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. This dude is connected. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's how it went. So yeah, debate classes in the hood are fun. No, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you learn from that. You're not a, as perfectionist anymore. What do you do when you start feeling like the perfectionist bug? Because, like, I'm type A about certain things, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever, like, I, I am type A about this project, like, I'm invested and someone's not, like, doing it, I know that you feel that, like, that tick that's, like, where you start feeling your blood boiling. Right. What do you do during that moment? Um... I don't know, like, some things it's just, like, too far to the point where you can't get it under control. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like I'm in a theater troupe, and um, so it's called 30 Plays in 60 Minutes, and basically what we do is, like, like it's we put it on every month, and so it changes up month to month, but basically, like, you pitch um, a bunch of plays, and we do, we choose 30 of them, and so the goal is to complete 30 of those plays in 60 minutes, and they range in, like, time length from, like, 10 seconds to, like, four minutes or whatever, and so I had pitched this one play. It was like a singing play, basically. And do you know the song Seven Things I Hate About You by Miley Cyrus? Uh, no. It was probably more so when I was around Disney okay. age. Okay. <laughs> but um, it, she basically goes on a list of, like, seven things she doesn't like about, like, her current boo or whatever. Okay. And so it's just like. Was this Hannah Montana? Or was no, it? it was like, I think it was Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, like, the double album that they had. Okay. Like, side one was, like, Miley, and side two was, like, Hannah. Okay. So, uh, you know, around that era. Um, I was on the out. I was on the outskirts. You were on the outskirts, yeah. yeah. I was in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but and so I decided to do like a parody of that and do like seven things I hate about you but it was like the frat boy version and it was like talking about like oh I don't like your croakies I don't like like your natty light uh, <laughs> beer pong games whatever and you know I had a slideshow going on in the back of it and um before that day, I didn't really realize that my voice cannot project that much. And um, I thought we were going to have a mic. We didn't have a mic. And so because I can't project, my voice sounded so bad. And, like, I lost my voice that week, too. And, like, my tea was just blocking my blessings. It did not help me out. Neither did the cough drops. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I can't back out of this. Like, I have to do it. But, like, you know, I knew that it was, like, not great. So, you know, I just, like didn't like talk about it with anyone and kind of like beat myself up mm -hmm. over about it but like I've learned kind of like since then that um you have to kind of be like vulnerable and like that's kind of way that you're gonna like get over you like beating up yourself about certain things is like like it helps a lot going to like your support network and being like hey look I really feel like I screwed this up like this is how I feel about myself right now and then they can kind of like bring you back up and say like, you know what, like that's, you know, one play out of like however many you're going to do in these next couple years. Like that doesn't mean like you're, you know, a complete failure. Um, and so just kind of like leaning on other people to kind of like, you know, help help you get over it. But it's like there's there's a point sometimes where like people do it too much. You know, like people who fish for compliments true, and stuff. True, true. But, but know, I think so. something that you said is important about – when you're going through it, going like asking for help and being being able to be vulnerable, like I think that's the part of our society that's missing. Like if you uh, pay attention to the statistics of social media, it says like most people get depressed, and I think it's because everyone, a lot of people are lying, right? So right. you see people and they'll have gone through something, but all they do is they post the ending of it, right? So like I got through this and I'm good and I was strong, and you just got to be strong. I don't even like those posts. I really don't. And right. uh, yeah, like I want to hear, and that's why I like uh, created this show because I want to hear about that middle part, like that part when you had to wake up every day and it sucked, and like how you had to get out of bed, or like I think those are the parts that do our society the best because everyone's going through stuff and they're looking at people like, why are all these people posting like, like if they got it all figured out? Like, exactly, what? exactly. That's, like, why I'm, like, part of the reason why I'm so, like, open about, like, my mental health issues. Like, um, my whole life, like, I thought I just had, like, anxiety and depression. But uh, a couple months ago, I, like, went to my psychiatrist and I was, like, look, like, I just keep getting into these, like, depressive spells. Um, but, like, the rest of the time, I'm, like, functioning, like, really well. And she was, like, you know yeah the last time I saw you like you were super like happy and like you had all these things that you wanted to achieve so like let's start you out on this like bipolar medicine and like see if it helps and like you know what like it did really? so <laughs> yeah now I'm like diagnosed like bipolar and you know I talk about it on stage like I talk about it you know on like Twitter because like like I think you know people it makes people feel less alone and I've had a lot of people come up to me you know after a show or you know from or like DM me on Twitter and be like I'm so glad you're talking about this because like I didn't really know that like other people struggled with it um or I didn't know anybody like in person or you know on Twitter or whatever I think I think it's so important to do that because it allows people to know that they're not alone like you were saying like the best thing I ever did was go see a therapist and it's, mm. and it's and it's just good because like I go to her and I'm like, yo, here's my drama for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be my career. Maybe I should be a therapist. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, go yeah, ahead. This, yeah. This week I, uh, I I had an ex text me like a long like a long ass text message Ooh. like wanting to be friends and I walked into my therapist's office on Wednesday and I was like, hey, read this. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Right. You know, uh, because you know I am a. a I am a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I, I do have, it, yeah. Is. And I'll admit, I have trouble opening up to other dudes. Like mm -hmm. I tell my therapist all the time, but I know like I have problems opening up to people, but I think for me, the best thing up was finding someone to open up to and be real, keep it real. Mm -hmm. And I think even keep just it mick real. keep it mick real. Yeah. <laughs> so me and my therapist, we rock together. She knows all my drama. Yeah. There you go. She was one of the ones like, you know, maybe un uninstalling Tinder would be good for you for a little <laughs> bit. I was like, you're hurting me. Right. Yeah. No, but I think I think you bring up uh, an important point, and I think it's difficult for, like, a lot of men, especially a lot of, like, black men, to feel, like, comfortable opening up with someone. And a lot of the times, like, you know, what I've noticed on the other sides of things is, like, 
they tend to like men in general tend to latch on really hard to like female friends and like only feel comfortable or like partners and only feel comfortable like telling like women like what's going on in their lives because like with dudes it's like you know I have to pretend to be hard and like um, like I can't be emotional and and I think that's bad but I think there is a I think if you learn to accept that like for me it's a, it's gonna be a long time before I can ever be emotional like to mm. a dude. I, I but me learning that I can find someone to be open up to and just right. keep it real with was very important to me. Mm-hmm. And it's growth and maybe McNeil Jr. will be the dude. <laughs> I'll teach him to open up to me. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I was an RA and uh, part of it's like pe- like people open up to you. And this, I remember <laughs> this dude came into me. I was like, I just need to talk to you. And I was so uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I, hel- I helped him out. On the listening out. end? Yeah, I was listen. helping him out. But, like, and I ended up talking to him and everything. But just, like, in my household growing up, uncles and stuff, mm-hmm. I was still, men don't talk about their emotions. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. I was I was definitely I was also kind of raised in um, an emotionally restrictive household. Like growing up, we just didn't talk about feelings. Yeah. Um, and you know, over the past couple of years, I've been like, because I used to really internalize a lot of like the kind of backlash of my perfectionism. I used to you know beat myself up over it, like have a lot of insecurities, and like that for me just turned into a lot of like negative coping mechanisms. Like it wasn't healthy for me. Um, or for anyone and then once I started like opening up to people I was like this feels like a lot better <laughs> than just like punishing myself for like my mistakes like endlessly and it, I think it uh, strengthens like a lot of friendships too and it really like strengthens you to know that like that's like a much better solution <laughs> yeah, like not bottling it up works yeah, there are like so many things like I learned learned as a kid that I've had mm-hmm. to unlearn. Yeah, it's it's crazy what you're taught. Like I thought I was gay because have you ever seen the Pokemon movie? No, I haven't. So all right, so the Pokemon movie, there's a sad scene where Ash dies, <laughs> and I was like eight, and I almost started crying, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like go out and like experiment? Like I, I guess. did not experiment. I'm gonna get a boyfriend now. <laughs> but, I was like, did I just have emotions during a movie? Everything <laughs> no. that my uncles have taught me makes that makes me like gay. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like crazy. Like I had that thought just of how I was raised. Like yeah. So you're learning from your mistakes. Anything else you big mistakes you've ever made or? Hmm. Um. I don't know about like big mistakes or like a mistake you've ever made. Like because I feel like you're a person that like uh, goes out and tries things and is not afraid to try something new. Mm -hmm. And with that, like, I won't call that a mistake, but that comes with, like, okay, that's not for me. Oh, 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 no, I have a good one, actually. Um, So when I was doing speech, I tried out a bunch of different categories. So, you know, I settled on um, my two categories that I did were oral interpretation and humorous interpretation. But there's, like, a lot in the middle of those. Um, And I wanted to try everything. Like, I did duo interpretation, which is, like, two people together telling a story over 10 minutes. Um, I tried, uh, I never tried, uh, uh, the impromptu one cause I knew I was so bad on the spot. Like I could never do improv. Um, and then the one that I thought I maybe could do was extemporaneous speaking, which is essentially like, um, you, okay. You pull like five topics out of a hat you get to choose one and these are all political topics. So, um, you know, you could get, say like, if you are in a domestic round, you could get uh, the immigration debate. Um, you could get like, you know, the gun debate or whatever. But it's like very specific things, midterm elections. And um, you have 30 minutes to prepare a speech on that topic. Um, and you are allowed to use sources that you have pre-downloaded. Um, so I went ahead and I downloaded a bunch of sources before um, my tournament because my school, our team was really small. A lot of the teams that are really good in extemporaneous speaking, like they will have like, you know, a database um, or just, you know, a huge like offline like journal search or whatever. So they'll have like a lot of 
good material that they can research from. Um, however, I did not prepare for um, every topic to be covered. And so um, I went ahead and I had like all bad choices that I knew I didn't have sources for once I pulled them out of a hat. And um, I chose like the crisis in the Central African Republic or something like that. And I had no idea what the crisis was. <laughs> I had no idea. So I was like, well, time to BS. <laughs> so I literally made up a fake uh, oil crisis in the Central African Republic. To this day, I don't know if they have oil. Like, I have no idea. Um, and then I talked about like how other like how different tribes would be affected, and they should send like UN peacekeepers and talk about like the political violence that's been going on there. You know, all entirely made up. I brought in like fake names and fake statistics <laughs> in as well. I like it. And um, you know, I I didn't do I didn't do well in it. I wouldn't say that it went as badly as it could have gone. If, if I didn't sound like confident when I was speaking, they definitely would have caught on. I definitely would have been last place in all of my rounds. But um, you know, it, it didn't go well because um, I was very underprepared. But you know, I, I at least was happy that I had like BSed a little bit. You know, although I just would have rather like obviously like gotten like first place or something like that it just wasn't gonna happen so you're not you're not an award-winning speech writer i am not an award-winning speech writer i yeah i wouldn't say so <laughs> <laughs> what's the best speech you've ever given um so it wasn't really you know it wasn't really about giving speeches um just preparing them well you know we didn't actually even like write any of the material that we did for my categories so it's all stuff that i like found online like the big performance that i did that i did at um, nationals actually it was um this uh piece that's called like i'm gonna do it in the voice <laughs> okay sally smart second grade sleuth and it's like the second grader who's kind of like a nancy drew type who's like um, class hamster goes missing and so she's like going around to that different was a good people. voice by the way thank you different people in the school to like figure out um, like who uh, took the hamster wow <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like very weird but I was I was I was trying to get past my my uh, I'm trying to get let go of my haterism and I was hating on the fact that that was actually a good voice <laughs> do you want to hear the voice of the teacher in the classroom? I do. Oh, hello, kids. How's it going today? <laughs> okay. I might come to you for some voice lessons <laughs> uh, later on. So, so by the way, um, I hope you're prepared for your speeches. I hope oh, you've been. Uh, I hope you've been preparing. I know you've listened to some episodes, so you know how this works. We'll see how this goes. Like I told you, I'm not a good <laughs> improv speaker. <laughs> well, you, you got you got a few minutes before we get to that All part. Right. Uh, anything, any other mistakes that you think is conducive to knowing uh, Nani as a person? Um, not, not particular. Okay, okay. So this next part I like to call unsolicited advice. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I've scoured the internet for questions. Yeah. And uh, they, in no way, shape, or form, asked us for our advice, <laughs> but we're going to give it to them. Great. So I just want to hear your take on things. Uh, so tell me this. What are a few things I can do in life to make it better right now? Ooh, um, write a list of five traits that you have um, or five traits that you want to have in life and um, start thinking about how you can achieve those. Um, I would say also write a list of like five like goals that you want to achieve like in the next like year and then you know put that list away and then just like write down like what you can do like this week to achieve those goals. Okay. Do you have your list? Not off the top of my head. Oh, so you give an advice that you don't even take. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I don't know. It's not all coaches play. So. <laughs> do as I say, not as I exactly. do. Exactly. I like that. But then I would also say, like, I mean, it's about, like, balance. Like, life is about balance. So it's, like, you have to have, you know, people that you talk to and people you connect with. Like, your kind of health and, uh, you know, fitness has to be, like, at a level. And so does your, like... Um, career goals or you know 
personal goals. Um, so as long as like you're focusing on how to like balance all of those things, I think that is like a step in the right direction. Uh, were you nervous when you were making your transition from you were going to do international relations, right? Mm-hmm. When you decide to make your transition to uh, a more creative role, was that nervous for you? And how do you do that um, when you want to make a big change like that? So for me, it wasn't like super nerve wracking because I'd like tried to do our model UN team here, but I didn't know as much as like the other people because they were like seniors and I was like a freshman who didn't spend like all my time reading like foreign affairs magazine. (laughs) So like I was like, you know what, you know, maybe I don't know as much about this as like I should. And so I kind of, you know, came into both creating and like international relations like on similar footing but like part of me like you know was nervous because um everyone has like the same unsolicited advice which is like don't get into creative you know endeavors like you're never gonna make money and you're just gonna have a bunch of student loans and stuff I feel like that's so, so negative it really is yeah. like we don't talk about other careers like that i'm always one of those people that i'm like if you hate the arts don't listen to music exactly, like, like exactly. just stop listening to music don't look at tv so it's like you're making us money exactly. <laughs> like when you do that type of stuff turn off adele like all those exactly. beautiful songs that you've ever heard stop Suck the fun out of their exactly. lives exactly yeah because they were once struggling creative too uh creatives too so yeah, yeah just stop listening to everything right turn off the radio bitch right <laughs> So, I mean, a lot of, for me, what what that was is just take it, like, you know, one assignment at a time. Because, I mean, that was how I started, like, in-class assignments, like, for screenwriting, for, like, media production. Because, like, you know, obviously, like, you look at these really big films and you're like, wow, I would love to create something like that. But it's like, you know, you can't learn all of that until, like, you learn the basics. And so, you know, at least I was like, you know... As long as I'm moving in that direction, like, you know, I'm doing what I need to do. Exactly. So, yeah. And you're a hustler, so you'll find a way to make some money. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. All else fails. Become an Instagram model. Strip. That's that's a lot of effort. You know, like, you know talking about how, how I have to get the together appearance. Maybe, maybe in a, give me like two years of like glowing up. And I'll be there. Worst okay. comes to worst. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. There's all. There's always a market for some type of girl for dude. Dudes are. Dudes are. Uh, we. It's, a lot of us are pretty desperate. So, <laughs> like all, you on <laughs> Tinder. Nah. <laughs> there's always someone. So you, maybe right. yours is like non glowed up. Like that'll be your. Yeah, your that'll niche. be my niche. Yeah. It's like, I hope you like me in oversized sweaters and no makeup. <laughs> exactly. Nice. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't shave today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't shaved all week, in fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there's, there's a group of guys out there for you. Yeah. yeah. Hair, leg hair fetishes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, so if you could talk to your younger self, what would you say? Um, mm. you, can't, you can't avoid relationships. So that's like... But what advice would you give yourself? <laughs> I would say trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. You sound like the Philadelphia Seven Sixers over here. Oh, I just learned what that was. The oh, other you week. did? Yeah, because okay. it was from. A, I learned it like on a podcast that I listened to. Okay. Otherwise, I would not have known at all what okay. you're talking about. <laughs> I'm glad um, you got the reference. Yeah. No. Like, I mean, that's it is true because, like, um, like I honestly have very little regret for anything that I've done. Because that all has, like, turned me into the person that I am today. And, you know, whatever happens to me, like, from now until the future, like, that's going to impact, like, who I am as well. Like, I, I wouldn't release, uh, erase a relationship or, you know, or anything. Oh, me neither. Me neither. Like, I, I respect the people who've always done it the right way. But, like, sometimes in a relationship, I ask people, like, what have they done bad? Just because I think sometimes messing up and losing something is you know that it's not worth it, right? Mm-hmm. So as someone who has messed up in relationships and lost, you know, good people because of it, or I'm like, now I know it's not worth it. So when I, like, I am very hesitant to date someone who has never, like, messed up. And, yeah, of course. Because I'm like, you you don't know the other side. Like, you're going to be chilling with somebody. Oh, it might be worth it tonight. But I'm like, no, nah, it's not worth it. Right, yeah. right. So... All my cheetahs out there, if you, <laughs> uh, ladies, if you cheated before and you know you lost a good man because of it, I've lost a good girl too. So, uh, <laughs> I'm dead. McNeil's here for you. <laughs> you 
can cheat on your current man with Nick Neal. Nick you heard it here first. That, nah. <laughs> if you're currently single and you've learned your lessons, I'm here for you. Exactly. It's not just if you've learned your lessons, if you've learned your lesson and worked on it. Exactly. Because, like, I, I have definitely experienced, like, dating the type of person who's been able to identify their mistakes. But it's been, like, you know, it was, like, a struggle for them, like, when it came to, like, working on those mistakes. <laughs> and it's, like, at least, you know, try. <laughs> like, that's yeah. all I care about is <laughs> <just> try. <laughs> oh, no. It, it's tough. It's tough changing, though. Like, it, it really yeah. is. Like, you have to stop putting yourself in position to, to, yeah. to do certain things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What have you – have you ever messed up in a relationship? Um, or you, you miss perfect over here? No, I have messed up in relationships. Um, a lot of, for me, what that's come from is, like, codependency. Really? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm Oh, pretty, you a stage five clinger. Yeah, I'm a stage five clinger. If someone stage five clings back okay. is, like, what it comes down to. Oh, like, so y'all just – Y'all just clinging together. like Yeah, y'all. we're like Velcro. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't want to attach to anything that's not Velcro. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, just, like, learning to kind of, like, put myself first in a relationship and, like, not lose myself, like, in the other person. And, like, you know, that's something that, you know, I have had to learn the hard way, basically, because, like, it makes, when it ends inevitably, so much harder because, like, you have to start from scratch when it comes to, like, who you are and rediscovering who you are and like picking up those friendships like that have kind of fell to the wayside like I've definitely been that type of girl who like gets in a relationship and it's like friends who <laughs> who <laughs> like y'all again exactly but I'm like going over to his house <laughs> <laughs> right right but you know kind of making sure that like I leave time enough time for like everything in my life and making sure that there's that balance it's tough relationships are great they are especially so when you're in a honeymoon phase yeah ain't nothing wrong with the person <laughs> exactly. like you never want to leave their side like all oh, this is is everything, fun and everything then, <laughs> is going great there's no drama yet right yeah and then you like really get to know who the person is and you're like crap like, <laughs> <laughs> like i chose to attach myself to this person you start seeing those red flags like exactly you're hanging out with them and then they're like slightly mean to your waitress and you're like is that like a red flag or should i just <laughs> should I just run past that exactly <laughs> yeah. and then you end up running past it for a little too long <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay that's the second time they've done that um you know what Third, third time's a charm. Yeah. I was like, it's not that bad, right? It's not that bad. It's okay. And then you go like with a group of your friends, and then they're just like, oh, you need to dump that person. Exactly. Exactly, man. No, I, I think the best thing for people in relationships, they have to learn like there's so many fish in the sea. Oh, yeah. yeah like, so you don't cling to someone like that. Right. But it's it's hard, too, for a lot of people because, like, not everybody is like qualified you know (laughs) and just like letting yourself like be single while you're like trying to find someone qualified is so difficult because like I get that like I get like the loneliness that people experience like you just want like someone but you have to learn like it's sometimes better to be alone than be with someone (laughs) who is like stressing you out because like you're not a match oh I agree totally agree like you'd rather just spend your Friday night alone than hang out with them like yeah, that's when you know it's over. <laughs> I guess. Um, have you ever had to get rid of a toxic person out of your life? Um, always. <laughs> really? You just dropping people like bad habits? You oh, honestly, like yes. And I, I don't know. Like I didn't realize that how uncommon this was until like I started describing to someone um, that I do that pretty frequently. Because um, basically, you know, I grew up abroad you know I moved around a lot like every three years I was moving to a new place so that comes with like you know an entirely new like friend group and um you know so I was like I've I've always been used to saying goodbye to people after very short periods of time like knowing them and um I don't know like I just kind of got okay with it because like there's always going to be someone like around the corner like for me like a lot of the you know quote-unquote toxic people I've had to drop have been like friendships with people who are like very judgmental of others like they would rather like you know sit in their bed like on Facebook being like oh that person's fat or like that person doesn't have a good job rather than like focusing on the positive or like doing something better for themselves so it's like I've definitely like dropped people after kind of realizing that like that's who they are but sometimes it takes a little bit to like realize that in someone what advice do you have for someone that needs to drop them 
Um, honestly, don't feel guilty. Just drop. Just unblock. I mean, block. For friendships, like slow fade. Oh, okay. Yeah. No I, ghosting. I mean, you can't really like ghost a friend. I mean, no, because that leaves people with a lot more questions, and like they'll probably come after you, like, "What are you doing?" Like, if you just like ghost them, but if you like slow fade someone who's like truly toxic then I think it works. But also, I don't know, some people would probably call that, like, bitchy for me to, like, say that. But if, if it would, if, ah, you do have to do what it takes to get a toxic person, like, out of your life. So, What motivates you now? Like, what, what, what drives you? Um, I don't know. Looking at people who are um, where I want to be at. And it just makes me, like, hungry. Okay. It just makes me hungry to, like, be, you know, where they are and, like, realizing that, like, you know, if I keep working, like, I can I can be that person. Okay. So you, you're going to do great things. You're a hustler. You're going to do great things. Thank you. Okay. Uh, last question for you. What's the hardest thing you've ever had to accept that made you stronger? Ooh. Oh. Um that I'm always going to deal with mental illness. That for me, like, I have a chronic condition that I'm never going to be able to completely overcome. It's always going to be there. But, like, what I have to do is just, like, learn how to manage it. Um, So for me, that means, like, medication. It means therapy. It means, like, telling everyone around me, like, the first second that I feel like, you know, a depressive phase is going to hit just so, you know, I can be prepared, they can be prepared. Um, And, you know, just trying to like keep myself like healthy too, like, you know, physically, like mentally, so it doesn't hit as hard, but it just, you know, it sucks that it's gonna be something I, that will always be in my life. But you know what, like the, the faster I accept it and like work with it, like the better it's gonna be. So is that your suggestion that you have to accept certain things and once you accept it, it's easier? I mean, it Not depends easy. on what the certain okay. thing is. <laughs> you know, like, if it's, like, something that you truly cannot escape, you know, acceptance is the best. Um, and then, you know, learning how to mold that to your life. But, you know, I wouldn't say that everything is something that you have to accept. Okay. I think you really have to, like, get down to the, to the the to the bare minimum and think, like, okay, you know, can I change this or not? Okay. So we're going to put you on the spot now, and I think you know it's coming. Uh, I like for people to give a motivational speech based off everything that they've learned in life. Uh, Alec, you're t- talking to a room full of middle schoolers, and what you're about to say to them is going to change their lives. Middle schoolers. Yeah. Or, or whatever group you would give the best motivational <laughs> speech to. Maybe it's a group of uh, college freshmen. You know, whatever is going to inspire you to give the best speech I want you to go to that place, and I'm going to put some music on the clock, and uh, you get started. So you give me the thumbs up whenever you're ready. All right. So this is for people who are really struggling with uh, depression or anxiety. Say it's, like, really hard for you, and, you know, you haven't, like, left the house in, like, two weeks, and everything just seems overwhelming. Um, put one thing on your to-do list, um, just one thing, if that is, like, shower, if that's, like, take your meds, just really basic things that, you know, you can do, and cross it off your to-do list, um, and take in, like, how good crossing something off your to-do list feels, and how much weight is lifted off your shoulder by doing that one thing. Now, the next day, put two things on your to-do list and do the same thing and you know over time you're gonna have more and more things on there that you are able to do Um, and the first ones are probably gonna have to be things that help you prioritize like your health Um, whether you know that's taking your meds or that's going to your therapist Um, because those are the things at the end of the day that are gonna make you kind of peel out of whatever funk you're in about what's going on in your life. So, so by day 100, should they have 100 things on their to-do list? 
Now, if you break anything down into small enough tasks, <laughs> you can do a hundred things. I was on a hundred things today. Oh, so. wow. okay. <laughs> Am I that on Reddit? Okay. So. <laughs> Sitting there just commenting back and forth. Exactly. I like Google Googling relationship stuff. It's weird. People are weird. Yeah, weird. people do like like things that you're like, what? Like, I didn't know anyone yeah. did that. You, you thought that was a good idea? Exactly. Yeah. So tell them what you got going on. Uh, what do you got going on? What What's coming next? Um, oh, I've got a lot of things. <laughs> Hit me with it. Um, so my organization, I'll start with that, it's called Creatives of Color. Um, and we are, we have a lot of exciting things for next year. I don't want to announce anything right now. Okay. Um, but we are. It's anonymous. It's an, Y'all ain't good enough Yeah, to know. right. Um, we are at COC underscore UNC on all social media. Um, my theater troupe is called the Modern Shakespeare Society, and we put on 30 plays in 60 minutes. If you just look us up on Facebook, you'll see when we perform next semester. Um, and, oh, I'm shooting a film next semester, too. So that'll be out. That'll be out, like, about a year from now, You're though. shooting it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm writing it, uh, starring in it, and directing it. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I look at you. Put a little Issa Rae on them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> look at you. Um, and I'm actually now hosting a weekly open mic at Imbibe. Okay. <laughs> I know you didn't I know did not, that. I did not know that <laughs> You just can't be dropping stuff on me like that. <laughs> um, and that is going to be um, every Saturday uh, at 7:30, and it's a clean mic, um, so <laughs> that's gonna be this gonna be fun figuring out how that uh, works. Define clean, because I have a bad history with. I clean. think clean is like no cursing, um, no like sexual topics, like probably no that's drug not clean. use. Well, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and oh, okay. You so you learn the birds and the bees when they're eight. I mean, I don't know. I have to ask Mandy what's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but that starts uh, July 7th. And um, July 9th, I'm going to be on my first comedy showcase. Okay. Um, so this is Rob Schneider's um, charity showcase. And so it's going to be July 9th from 7.30 to 9. So that's what you I You got a lot on going on. Look at you. Yeah. And maybe I'll plug my personal social media too. Do it. <laughs> um, I'm N-O-N-I underscore S-K-I um, on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And she's very witty. Uh, she has a very strong political stance. <laughs> and she's not afraid to let you know what she thinks. Exactly. Is it exciting having all this going on? I'm excited. I'm excited, a little bit overwhelmed, but it's all just about managing my time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you charge people to edit videos? Um, do you edit videos? Like, what do you what do you mean? Like Are it, you thinking it, about? Uh, oh no! Like, if I was like to come up to you and like, hey, I need some advice for editing a video. If like, you're just looking for like advice, like I'll give you advice. If you want me to edit it or teach you, like sit down and teach you how to edit it, like. What's your time worth? What's my? T- I'm not gonna give you my rates on air, <laughs> but I I have. Well, I'm gonna I negotiate. Have, it. Yeah, I've been paid for producing videos, so I I freelance that stuff. Okay, okay, you don't have to give me your rates on air, but I'm I'm a good negotiator. Like, all right, okay, we're gonna have right, to talk cool. business. Uh, I'm thinking about trying to start a Kev on stage page, so I'm like, there you go. Hey, uh, well, if you, leave, let's leave them with a the quote. What is your quote? I'm, I'm I just added this segment to the show. Right now, oh. I need a soundboard for whenever I come up with ideas on the air. Um, ooh, can I? Oh, let me do. It's not like a quote, but it's more so one of those like ancient Chinese proverb. Things. Hit them with it, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like you just can't sit on the dock waiting for the right time to get in the boat. Um, you have to just get in the boat and uh, let the wind take you wherever it's gonna take you. And with that, y'all. Find yourself a boat, jump in it. It doesn't matter if it belongs to someone else. Just stow away and go wherever they're taking you. You'll make a new friend. Uh, This was Nani, and we had such a fun time. Uh, This is Humor and Mistakes. We're on every week on 103.5 FM, WOMCOM, Chapel Hill, Carborough, local radio station. Uh, Have fun this week, and remember... Everybody makes mistakes, but it's okay. Holla.